Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley with the biggest stories of the day. It's the Big Three at Three. Number one. All right. Uh, yes, we will. Uh, we will get to a lot more of the Texans on the reaction Monday presented by our great friends at Roscoe Steak and Seafood. But, Clint, we got to address a little bit of this Astros news. And I know you're going to love this. And I know, Tyler, you are too. The Astros are in agreement with Michael Brantley. Uncle Mike is returning with the Astros on a one-year deal worth $12 million pending a physical. And I think that is a real big thing to watch. Pending a physical, according to a person uh, knowledgeable of the deal. This is according to reported by Chandler Rome and Clint. One year, $12 million. That is, hey, if, if he's right, this feels good. This is the other bat. This could be the other bat that owner Jim Crane was talking about. But that part there, pending the physical, because Jim Crane said we won't really know until March about how his, sho- his shoulder, his non-throwing shoulder, but how his shoulder is doing. So this is interesting. They're jumping out saying they won't really know about the medicals in March. And then December, mid-December, they go ahead and strike iron and make the deal. So that's Love it. Love it. I mean, I, look, there, there's – I might get me a jersey, boys. Shut up. I might get me a jersey. No, don't do that to Jake. I Actually, don't me. do that to Mike. Because now when you did that to Jake, now Jake oh, gets good struck point. about I take it back. I take it back. Strike that – Strike that from the record, uh, Judge, uh, and the counselor, whoever the hell does uh, that. It's typically. on there now. Um, you're right. I don't, I don't want to jinx him. I, I'm, I'm stoked about this, man. Not not just because I'm a fan of Michael Brantley, because what it means left field and DH looks like for the Astros. If if you've got uh, if you've got a platoon of Jordan Alvarez and Michael Brantley in left field and DH, your 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 lineup is, I mean. It is absolutely nasty. Think about it. Michael Brantley, career 300 hitter. Jose Abreu coming off of a 300, 300 season last year. You, that lineup that just won a World Series, and you're adding two 300 hitters to back to it. If Assuming everybody's healthy. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Assuming he's healthy, you're adding you're adding not one in, in Abreu, but two 300-plus hitters. Absolutely what, beautiful. This lineup is getting nastier, assuming they're healthy. What this tells me is – which is not surprise. There was some. There was probably some teams heating up on Michael Brantley that maybe pushed the Astros to having to make a move a little quicker than they wanted to. I mean, he was very clear. We won't know until March, until things. And I and I was kind of wondering, is that when we're going to hear a word on, on what's going on with Michael Brantley? And we started. It makes me wonder how many teams were, were kind of hunting around to see what 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 it would look like if they could bring him in, but. One year, twelve million. Like you said, if if Michael Brantley is right and ready to go with this shoulder, and looks like the guy that we've grown accustomed to seeing, come on, that's Uncle Mike. Then what what we talked about? They've got to pick up. You're going to lose Justin Verlander, and not just you're going to lose Justin Verlander. Even if Justin Verlander's coming back, you can't expect to have the dominant pitching that you had go like it did last year. Like you can't expect to have the rotation, yeah, and the fair. bullpen play like that because that was the whole strength of this team. Now you got to build other spots, and I'll be damned. Like you said, I mean, I'm trying to think of the lineup because if Michael Brantley is right, am I, he's the number two hitter, right? 
I mean, for me, if for Michael me, Brantley yes. is right, he's the number. I know yes. what I know what Jeremy Pena did in the postseason, and he is the ALCS MVP and the World Series MVP. But if Michael Brantley is is right, he's got to go down. And now, what are you looking at? Are we looking at Altuve and Brantley, then Alvarez, then? Oh, look, I mean, you, you couch it however or, you want to couch it. I'm the only two, the only two. I'm having that, a hard time putting this this lineup together with. I mean, look, the only two. It's eight and nine hole that you look at and you go, well, you could up, you could upgrade White Boy Chaz and Maldonado at this point in time. But Jeremy, that's, that's your eight nine. But if, if if Brantley is like we said, if one Brantley, through seven sick. I mean, it's as sick as it was a couple of years ago. Yes, we're like to that level. But if you're looking at me, I mean, it's. Is Jeremy Pena bad seven, and then rolling into the rest of the guys, and that is insane. Tucker and Tucker and Pena bad six and seven. six and seven. How about that? I mean, that's wild, man. I, I ran through this lineup and forgot about Alex Bregman. Yeah, Bregman's got to be in there somewhere. He's be. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be. It's. I'm telling you, man. This. This. It's nasty. It, it is absolutely. Nasty it, uh, again. Assuming that Michael yeah, Brantley's right. healthy, yeah. obviously keep your fingers crossed. But I just I love this move, man. Uh, you know what you're getting. Um, the only the only new blood is is going to be Abreu at first base, and that's and that uh, for all intents and purposes, every, every story you hear about him, he's not only the great player that everybody talks about, but he is an absolute, I mean, value added to the clubhouse. Yes, um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, and a good Him deal. Good One year, $12 million. They're not going crazy if he's right. Yep. Big three and three. Number two. Hand off McKinnon. Running left. He's got room. 20, 15, 10, 5. Unbelievable. Game over. McKinnon with a TD run in overtime. Following the Texans turnover. And hearts are broken in Houston. The Texans fall 30 to 24 to the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime. A gut punch. What a way to lose it. Jesus. All right. They are now 112 and 1. And I mean, I am that number one overall pick uh, in the in the um, in the draft coming up. But Clint, it uh, it didn't all go. Uh, I think I think for Texans fans, at least for the product that you were able to see on the field, you got you got to feel better. This was not like some of these embarrassing games that we've had no. to see. They didn't look like a joke. They had. Uh, one of the best teams in the NFL on yeah. the ropes completely. Look, I, I think I think when you look at at what we've watched, this this was another missed opportunity like we've talked about the last three weeks with the Browns, the Cowboys, and the Kansas City Chiefs. There there is um you know with the Deshaun Watson dynamic in, in Cleveland, the one guy that's that's as a from a player perspective has done the most damage to the franchise, the Cowboys, obviously a hated rival just up the up the street here, and and then the Kansas City Chiefs, who as an organization and as a team, absolutely embarrassed you in the big comeback, uh, and then opened the season the next year, and uh, and 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 put a, a whooping on you as well, which was right before Bill O'Brien was fired. So those three teams, those three games were very winnable games for the Texans. It was three straight missed opportunities for the fans of the Texans to leave the stadium, at least for a day, be able to stick your chest out and feel good to be a Texans fan. Now, with that said, you look at yesterday's ball game as a whole, there was a ton of good. And look, we're 1-12 and 1, folks. I don't need to cl- – I don't. the moral victory stuff is out the window. We're, to me, this is one of those things where – 
win, lose, or draw, I'm more concerned with the product that's on the field. So I miss me with all the moral victory stuff and all you hardos out there that, that don't want to look at this thing through a product lens. Miss me with that, all right? The, the, the product on the field was significantly better from the head coach, from the defensive coordinator, from the offensive coordinator, from the quarterback, from the offensive line play, from the run game, the defense, the, I mean, the, the, the tackling, the, 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 the blitzes that were very timely that you mentioned. They were dogs because they were linebackers, but nonetheless, you get the point. Like the the, pro, the Houston Texans product yesterday was something that, as a fan, you could feel good about seeing some level of progress in, some level of growth, and not just because you played Kansas City down to the wire, but just on the product that that they put out there, it was impressive. Yeah. Uh, I, one thing that jumped out to me, uh, and, and and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. One thing that jumped out to me is. This week, um, and it's not a surprise, that the two-quarterback system wasn't as effective, uh, and Davis Mills was much more effective uh, than, than Jeff Driscoll, a.k.a. Wild Jeff, a.k.a. OJD, a.k.a. Uh, Driscoll Cat, and a.k.a. Well, he doesn't get the last one. But Correct. I, well done, sir. I, the Wild Jeff. I do think – I don't think they should flush that two-quarterback system in the trash because I do think Jeff Driscoll – bring something there um and maybe not half the snap but but more than just short yardage but i think pep now needs to take another step into adding something else off of it and not being so predictable Mm -hmm. with what jeff's going to do he's got to add another wrinkle to what he is doing with jeff driscoll because yes there was a point there in the second half where it it, it just wasn't the, the chiefs weren't thrown off or anything or confused at all and he wasn't as effective. I don't think they need to flush it down the toilet. I just think now they've got to build something off of what they've, they've started. Yeah, I, I think here's – there's a, there, there comes with a rock in a hard place in terms of, of, of building something off of it. I agree that would be nice. I, I think we're I, I think we're at capacity here. I, I think I, I think we've seen – You think it's done? You're just going to catch people off guard. Now, what I would, what I would suggest is, is – is what you and I discussed after like week two or three whenever they unveiled the Driscoll cat, right, and had had some success on third down. What I would suggest is you make him the backup quarterback. He's active. And what happens is when you get into a third and one, all of a sudden you have the ability to run him out there. Third and one, third and two, third and three. In short yardage situations, you think that's how he should just be used? Yes, only absolutely. I, I I think I think that now if they well look if they draw something up and they've got, I don't like the way they did it this past weekend. If I'm being critical of Pep Hamilton this week, I thought he did a great job. Other than the first the first couple of drives, the two quarterbacks it was very obvious early on when they when they went two quarterbacks, the Kansas City Chiefs are no dummies. They're going to go to a middle closed defense, so you're you're inviting an extra defender into the box. If you're going a two quarterback system. You're, you're trying to run the football. Clearly, you're not going to throw the football with Davis Mills when you got Jeff Driscoll out there, right? And if Jeff Driscoll is is behind, is, is taking the snap, you got Davis Mills out there as yeah, one of, like as, as one of your two receivers. So you're not trying to throw the ball. So you're lining up in a two quarterback system to run the football, and and when you're doing it, you're inviting them to add a, another defender to the box. And so it really didn't it didn't add up. Like the thought that I didn't. I didn't get the method to the madness. It's a counterpunch. It's a one-off of what they did last week. It's getting creative. They're dealing with a lot of injuries, so I understand that wasn't it. If they've got something else that's that's creative, sure. I, let me throw it out there. Let's see it early in the ball game, and if it works, stick with it. If it doesn't, shelve it. But to me, at the very least, show 
we should see the because I think it is the ability to put Driscoll out there and do a true zone read concept. You put the defense in a bind. You put the defense in a bind. If, if, if it's if it's third and one, two, or three, you put the defense in a bind when the quarterback is a threat to run the football. Mills is not in, under those circumstances. And so, I, yes, I would keep that weapon on my play sheet for sure. Big three at three. Number three. All right, last one. In the division, Colts running back Jonathan Taylor likely done for the season. They fear to have a high ankle sprain, which is exactly what the Texas starting running back Damian Pierce has. And they placed him on IR. It looks like Jonathan Taylor may be done. And maybe and maybe he just should be done after that collapse they had against the Vikings Saturday. The largest comeback uh, ever in NFL history. Down 33 to nothing at the half. They end up losing 39-36. I feel like the Jeff Saturday experiment may be over at this point. Uh, and no reason to run Jonathan Taylor out there anymore with that record. That game Saturday was insane. Yeah, that was uh, the NFL as a whole was crazy with with the, the Cowboys losing to Jacksonville, the Chiefs almost losing to um, the Texans, and and but to your point, the the way that that thing started out, man, Indian and and Minnesota, um, as you know, look, I, I I look at it as when you've got an offensive uh, uh, game plan and scheme and philosophy that's explosive, and you're very detail oriented. You can go out there and, and make a make a run at somebody, even though you're down 30 points. I mean, you you can go out there. And you With gotta, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, you you got to be overly aggressive, obviously, but you can go out there. Show they had three turnover on downs. They had three turnovers, one of them which was a pick six, and they had a punt blocked for a touchdown, and still won a football game. Damn, Jeff. And right, it's uh. So I, look, I, I just as a guy that believes strongly in in being explosive, being aggressive, applying pressure offensively. Um, it was good to see that the Minnesota Vikings were able to break an all-time NFL record by the biggest comeback in NFL history. Take hook and take the city of Houston off, yeah, off the hook. Yeah, off the hook, them. right? Which they ain't off the hook, but it, but it's good to have company <laughs> at least. All right. All right, coming up, we do it every single uh, Monday, that is our gems of the game. We'll tell you who it is. You can send them in on the trailer rolling frame text line who your gem of the games are. But the guys who really showed up uh, yesterday for the Texans, and there's a lot of them again this week. We'll discuss that. Coming up next on The Drive. It's a reaction Monday on Sports Radio 610. Here's The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. All right. Um, listen, man. We've had some tough ones to 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 watch, but this one, uh, this one was pretty good. A really good game, to be honest with you. If you're just a football fan, uh, a really good game, and uh, it made for us with a lot of different performances from the Texans. It made for us uh, to to be able to select our IW Marks Jewelers Gym of the Game. Each and every week, we do it. We ask you to send your, you can send yours in on the trailer rule and frame text line. Your your IW Marks Jewelers gems of the game. And I'm going to start, Clinton. You need to go full name on you. I'm cool with it, man. Completely unnecessary. Good so with it. Not a, not a not a huge fan, but I mean I'm I'm cool with you using it if you so choose. You never you never went you never went by that at all. No, I was always one my middle name is Clinton Jacob and I was always one that I like my aunt called me CJ and I was really pretty fond of CJ, but I Really? Always, was that was that a nickname I, I, for you growing up? No, just from one of my aunts. My aunt B. What's up, Aunt B? Shout out. 
Hope you're doing well. Um, I have an Aunt B. Do you? No yeah. way. Uh, mine's cooler than yours. Um, wow. There's That's necessary. <laughs> but yeah, she she hit me with the CJ and and uh, but my mom named me after Clint Eastwood. Did you know that, Tyler? I don't think I knew it. Really? Mom, mom was a big Clint Eastwood fan. Had an uncle Jay. Like she really where just Jacob came from. Liked his 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 movies or his things, or she was attracted. Well, I mean, I imagine there's a little bit of both there, I suppose. I guess Clint was. I mean. Clint, what Dirty Harry was something else back in the day. Yeah, he was, he was a bad man. Whatever uh, the hell that is. Yeah, Clint, you I, know what that is, Ma. But Clint, I, I visual, visualize right now as one. Looks like bad back. Looks like he is. He is. Oh, hurt. Clint Eastwood? He's <laughs> yeah. still doing About 98, still doing <laughs> yeah, it, though, man. Still directing movies. Still out there making Grinch. movies. Yeah, that's that's the Clint. Well, good, Clint after Clint Eastwood. How about that? Yeah, man. How about that? All right, my IW Marks Jewelers. Gym of the game. I got I got to tell you, man, I, there was a lot to pick from. Lovey Smith gets it for me. Going to love Meister, huh? Yeah. And, and Pretty simple. Here's the deal is, Lovey, and I just went Clint there, right, right, by the way, right there. With What's the, that? Here's the deal oh. in the setup. Well, human but, nature, man. Rub off on each other a bit. Whoa. <laughs> couldn't even, I mean, couldn't what? even get. It's human nature when you're get, around people to rub off on each other. How did you? How'd I believe you, you. How'd you take that? How'd you take that? Pervert? I don't know, Clint. How do you think he did when he comes in with a whoa, whoa? Yeah, I mean, I, you're I, talking about rubbing off in there. I don't. I don't that's know. why I'm telling you, he's got the wrong handle to his new Twitter. Uh, no account. question, you are right. It. it, it what, what, what was it? Horn dog T is what it should have been. That you go with it. Tyler Miller. Oh, King Dingaling in there. Yeah, horn dog T or at King Dingaling six ten. King Dingaling. I would have accepted that. I would have accepted. I think it should have been something a little bit more transparent. No question. <laughs> yeah, straight up. <laughs> Joy Taylor, psychopath. No, uh, no, I go, I go, Lovey, man, <laughs> Lovey. I, I, honest, honest to God, I think Andy Reid right now, because of some of the stuff that Bill Belichick has decided to do with this team, and 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 what he's put. I, I'd argue right now today, if I had to pick one coach in the NFL. I think I would pick Andy Reid. If I had to pick one head coach, tell me start an organization, right franchise right now. If I pick one head coach, it may be Andy Reid for one year. And I think he could be the best coach in the NFL. I think they have an a, a unbelievable staff as well. And I think Lovey Smith outcoached Andy Reid and his staff outcoached uh, uh, the, the chief staff. And we kill and crush Lovey Smith when he deserves he has. But Sunday, he deserves a lot of credit and particularly with his defense. There's no way in hell Andy Reid and them could have thought that they were going to be seeing so much pressure and so much aggressive play from Lovey. I mean, absolutely changed it up. Clint, you said you came in here saying all week the game plan is probably going to be very similar to what we saw against Miami. They'll sit back, and then ultimately if they don't get pressure, boy, he's going to carve them up. Well, he was sending blitzes early. He was sending double linebackers early. The corners weren't just backing off and backpedaling. When you look at what he had missing, when you look at all the guys he had out, offensively and defensively, his two starting corners are out. His two starting receivers are out. His best offensive threat, Damian Pierce, is out. His left guard in the first round is out, so they make the decision to move Titus Howard inside and to bring in Charlie Heck to play against his dad. I mean, all of those decisions, then to go along what his defense did game plan-wise against Patrick Mahomes and that crew, 
I got to give it to Lovey Smith. This was, to me, his best effort as the head coach and the defensive coordinator. So I I, I give mine to, to, to Lovey. Good I, job, Love. Look, I, I, I agree with you. Whoa! I, 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 that's a really good one, show. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's only fair when you, when you drop the hammer on him. Again, very, very fairly drop the hammer on him the majority of the time when he does well and he goes out there and out coaches one of, if not the best in the game. Um, I.W. Marks, Jewelers, Gym of the Game. I, I can't fault you for going there one bit. I'm, I'm going to give mine to Davis Mills. How about that? Two maligned uh, people right I, there. I'm, I'm going to give mine. I'm going to give mine to Davis Mills. Man, 12 of 24, 121 yards, two touchdowns, uh, he, rushing. He he uh, he ended up rushing for 21 yards, a little over four yards a carry. Had a touchdown. I'm a part 17, of the Mills Mafia too. Had a 17 yard uh, touchdown run. I, look, I, I just. I looked at what I watched what Davis Mills did yesterday and I greatly appreciate that it appears that he was able to overcome the constant find the check down don't turn the football over be quick to find the check down just the all the the extreme level of conservativeness that we've heard Lovey Pep and Davis Mills speak of throughout the season the 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 unbelievable level of conser- extreme level of conservativeness that we've seen from Davis Mills as a quarterback you can see it in his play just rushing through progressions to get to that check down to do what he's coached to do to play with you know with within those with as little risk as possible yesterday was how the position should be played when you've got the skill set that Davis Mills had right if if the run is there you go make a play he scores a touchdown um when 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 there's throws that are there and you've got to sit on your back foot a little bit longer, maybe buy a little bit of time, maybe maybe work the pocket to buy a little bit of time, extend the play, and and let a a wide receiver or a tight end run a route. Uh, when a, when a tight end or a wide receiver or anybody when they're running a route versus man to man defense, press physical man to man defense, it takes a little bit of longer. It, it, sometimes you got to stem them up. Sometimes you got to make sure you get to the top of your route, get to the depth, and give them a head nod before you go to the corner or before you break in or out, it takes a little bit more time. I thought Davis Mills did a tremendous job of that yesterday. And if had he not done those things, I don't believe that the Texans would have taken this game into overtime. I believe they'd have lost in in, in regulation. They'd have lost by seven. They'd have lost by ten. They, they would not have had the offensive production that they had. The numbers, 12 of 24 for 121 yards, a little bit misleading because there was two or three, or maybe even four, big-time pass interference calls that that penalty yardage uh, that the Texans got doesn't go towards Davis Mills' passing yards, but it happened because of the way he was playing the game, the way he approached the game. Had Davis Mills, two things. One, if Davis Mills, people want to jump on Davis Mills for fumbling the ball late, ball protection, yada, yada, yada. I refuse to do that because I want to see more of Davis Mills that we saw in regulation for four quarters. That that was unfortunate at the very end, but I'm not going to hammer him on that because I want him playing loose. I want him playing uh, the the way we watched him uh, play for four quarters. Number one, number two is if this was the Davis Mills that we that we've seen all year long, even though the numbers were pedestrian, if this is the style of Davis Mills that we'd seen all year long, the story on Davis Mills right now would be different. The, the the completion percentage may not be where you want it. There may have been a couple you of. You think we'd be, be, be a more difficult conversation if they had this number one? 
one pick. Well, maybe they wouldn't have the number I, one pick. I think it would have been a more valid conversation of what do you do with Davis Mills? Do you think the Texans stick with Davis Mills? Now, they may do that anyway. I, I think there's a good chance Nick Casario is more in love with Davis Mills than any of us. But, but, but I, I think there, there, the conversation would be a lot louder about Davis Mills. I know from my, from my perspective it would be. If, if, if I saw more of what I saw yesterday, the way he played the game, I, I would, I would, there would be a definitely be a possibility that sticking with Davis Mills for another year would be on the table. Problem is, is this, we're, it's week 14, 15, the first time we've seen it. So maybe a little too little, too late. But my IW Marks Jewelers gem of the game is quarterback Davis Mills. All right. There was a lot of good yesterday, a lot of good to take from the Texans uh, game. I believe their best performance of the season. But we have to talk about the elephant in the room. And that is the embarrassment of what NRG looked and sounded like. I want to hear from some of you. If you were there, if you were in the house yesterday as a Texans fan, 713-572-4610, what was your experience in terms of the fans there yesterday? We'll discuss all of that coming up next. It's a Reaction Monday on Sports Radio 610. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, here's The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Yeah, what a wild weekend here. Um, let me tell you, I I just want to know, because all of us all of us went to the game, right? Yes. I know you were there. Briefly. I know I was there. Briefly. Don't do it. Let's just. Let's what happened? Just, just let that uh, I just had to, had to come up here to the studio. Who he called, huh? Yeah, they yeah. Had to, had to do call. some work. They had to do some other things. But you did drive and you did get up. You did walk to the stadium. What was your experience? Oh, you did a little tailgating, didn't you? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I oh, judged yeah, right. the, Judge the, the tailgating with uh, Figgy and Lopez uh, and Landry. Yeah. So you, I mean, you woke up thinking he's going to have a hell of a day. And that changed. <laughs> But um, yeah, and he did. He met my mom. Met you know, met the people. I did meet Teresa, and she is an absolute joy. Yeah, she's a. She's I a, really enjoyed her. She's a fan. What did she think of Tyler? She thought he was nice. Love me. He gave me oh, a big so old hug. The, so you're the one who has to, has to try to take <laughs> care of him. <laughs> I said yes, ma'am. I tried. Now, huh? She However, said, "Well, give me a call if you ever need me to set him back in line." It's unfortunate oh, wow. Clint did not uh, come down to say hello to her, but whatever. I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't know moms was there. <laughs> I didn't put two and two together that the fam was there. I, th- I thought you just had all your hard heads in, in no. there. No, it, moms, uh, yeah, little show was in there. That, now, listen, that could have got dicey. Uh, I'll get to that. But, well, so what was your experience walking up? Because my experience, my experience walking up was, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I texted I, I, my friends right away. I said, this feels like a Chiefs game out here at the tailgate. L- listen. I we walked up to some. The Eagles game was 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 rough. The the Eagles game, I it it, it was a lot of green, a lot of people there, and I was like, mm, okay. But the Astros are playing a game five at the same time in the World Series. You got in there, it still wasn't that that bad. I just saw a lot of orange and blue. Saw a lot of people in Astros colors. Yeah, going to this game. The Cleveland game was kind of rough too. But this was like, what is going on? Every person, it, it wasn't battle red. Uh, it was it was Kansas City Chiefs red, and they were in full effect. And then you got out there, and I'm just like, well, maybe it's just the route I'm walking up. And I'm seeing. And then you got in there, and you started to see it, and then they said the national anthem, and 
the home of the Chiefs just ran rough shot throughout the entire. I'm glad the, you brought that up. Oh yeah, that's that's the only some, time the national anthem has ever pissed me off. I'm not a fan of what y'all do, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's anywhere, any uh, high school, high school football games when the national anthem is done in Kansas City, it is just like second nature. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're, 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 be honest listen, with there's you. been conversation about that. Why, why did we, why, why did we? Yeah, I mean, I just be honest with you. I, I didn't, but, I, but I did. When it happened yesterday, is when I realized, boy, this thing's seventy five percent KC. And I don't remember which one. Did, you I, feel, did it feel that strong? Seventy five? Oh, it, I mean, every I was going to say seventy thirty, but I felt like I was being generous. I think it could have been eighty twenty. Yeah, it, look, look, I mean, it, at the end of the day. When they did, because I wasn't expecting it, I, I and I've heard it, but wasn't I, for whatever reason I wasn't. Really I tried paying. to get Tyler to come. This was in the short period of time Tyler was there. Yeah, I tried to get Tyler to come out, like listen to this, because I could see, I oh, saw, I it heard brewing. it, I saw it brewing, and me and the boss lady were looking at each other like, should we join is, in? Well, th- no, we were looking like I at this. This was going to be the test for me to see how bad it was. Yeah, like it when that when that was coming, and it yeah. was. It felt like Arrowhead. I'll just be honest. It, it was it was unbelievably loud. Now my perspective's a little different. I, I thought the Philadelphia Eagles, when they scored their first touchdown, the fans went nuts, and I thought that was the loudest I'd ever heard of an opposing team, visiting team, their fans. Uh, yesterday I experienced it from the the press box, so I don't know how different it is. But when they did the home of the Chiefs during the national anthem, it was loud, unbelievably loud. And I tell you what, it was followed up by. Actually, I don't remember if it was followed up by or if this happened before. But Pat Mahomes does kind of a Tom Brady deal where he runs to the to one end zone mm-hmm. uh, yeah. before the game starts. He does it every game. Yep. I didn't see him running. I just heard the fans going nuts, and I was he like, every game, yeah. I was like, what the hell? What the hell happened? And then I looked down, and he was in the middle of the end zone doing the, you know, getting them hyped. Yeah. At that point, too, I was like, wow. I mean, the opposing team's quarterback just got through stretching, ran a 20-yard sprint acted, into the he, end zone. They acted like they're an arrowhead. That's what he does yes. at home and yes. sprints for the 50 yes. and does it, gets down there and does it. It, it, was, it was very, very loud. The and first so, possession, it was third down for the Texans, and, and Davis is is, is yeah. like it, going to quiet the crowd, and yeah. it was a third down, and I said, oh, my God, this is yeah. this, this, was, this was Andy Reid after the game. This was head coach Andy Reid. This is what he had to say. And this is the opening remarks of his post game yesterday. Um, listen, our fans were unbelievable today. Um, I think you know we had more fans than, than maybe what the Texans had, and it was great to see all that red. And I think that helped us with the support down the down that uh, overtime. That's the opposing. Jesus, Clint, that's yeah, well. I mean, when that's when, that's when y'all are dominating the national anthem, your quarterback stirring up the crowd that's in a noticeable fashion, your head coach is saying stuff like that after the after the game. It it should be embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Listen, I I believe we we all agree. I don't know what Tyler. Does. I think Tyler agrees. Yesterday was maybe the best performance we've seen from the Texans this year. Just football game. What yeah, we watched. I agree. Best performance. I agree. But coming out of that game. The McNair family had to be steaming. You can't have that. that. That you can't have that happen. And that and it is to me. I don't blame Texans fans whatsoever. There hasn't been anything, and this isn't just a one year thing. This isn't just the last thirteen ball games. There hasn't been anything to push Texans fans to come out and support their team. There, there is there. There's nothing that has been done 
to force them. So I don't blame any any of y'all. Stop being a dumpster fire. When you look at who was going to be playing and who was out and what team, hell no, you don't want to sit in there and watch your team, yeah. you know, get dominated like you thought you thought it would. And even if they weren't, there just hasn't been anything over the last. This ain't this ain't one year. This ain't two years. This is this is three years of bad product that Houston has had to watch. So, yes, it's embarrassing. I saw some people tweeting out, texting out, Houston fans, we got to be better. To hell with that. No, you all need to do something to force them, to force Texans fans to come out to want to give a damn. Yeah. That was, like that, like if you're, if you're Kyle and, and Hannah McNair and you listened and watched that, and to know it was a close game. Well, I mean, it could have, like you could have lifted. There could have been something there if it was a normal crowd. Like, dude, that, that you got to look in the mirror and say, there is no way we're allowing yeah. this to happen anymore. Yeah. That can't happen anymore. And that's and that's um you know to me that's the 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 Cal McNair Hannah McNair dynamic here um is what is what one you hope they're they're proactively evaluating everything that's going on and it's not just us in here talking about it the talking heads discussing it. Um but that's got to be uh you know a, 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 I think a a very a huge talking point is is just where the fan base is at this point in time. You can be a prisoner of the moment and get into, well, when it's really, 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 really bad uh, or when it's really good like it was yesterday from a standpoint of the football. Uh, but, it, but if you really look at it, the overall product that have been the Houston Texans going on three years now um, has just – it's not moving in the right direction. It's in no way, shape, or form encouraging fans to support in any way, shape, or form. Um, the front office did a hell of a job this preseason building up to it. I, I think they had some momentum there. Yeah, because I'm seeing this on the text line, Clint. The McNairs, they don't care. I don't think that's true. No, yeah, I, no, I disagree. I, I don't think that's true. I think they care. I think they've made some poor decisions. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. they've paid money. I think they care. I just think they've made no, bad I, decisions. Let me, let me, let, let me look. I, there's. I, I don't. A lot of times, I I just refuse to do the. I'm going to talk about the owner stuff. This organization, make what you will of of the job they've done in terms of grading them, but the level of care from Cal and Hannah is no. through the roof. Yes, I mean, they 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 they're embarrassed. That's they, why I can say I can confidently say being around them a little bit, they they were embarrassed of yeah, that. Yeah, I mean it don't matter who it like Cal, Hannah, Greg Grissom, I mean yes, all it, of them. All, everybody everybody that that's involved on the business side of things um that we don't hear from on a daily basis rest assured that embarrassed may not be the right word but yeah embarrassed. I mean yeah, they no, they they're, the right they're frustrated, they're embarrassed. They 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 understand the sense of urgency to get things right. Now, they may not do a good job or they may not make the decision that you or I think they should make, but ultimately the thought in the comments of, boy, they just don't care, couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, they they care. Um, now, it, it may not, from a financial perspective, I mean, hell, it's still one of the healthier franchises in football according to some of the reports that I've seen. I uh, don't know how that works, but, but it is. I mean, at the end of the day, it may not hit them financially, but – they're embarrassed with what's been going on with the Texans. They're, they're, they are 100% lose sleep over what's going on with the Texans. Yeah, like that, that's the part where I, like I wanted to emphasize. Yesterday was one of the best, maybe the best performance of the season for them. And 
probably a low moment for them. I just, for me, I I knew I talked to people and knew there were going to be a lot of people coming down for that game, but my goodness, yeah, I didn't, I did not, I did not know it was going, it was going to be like that. That was that was uh that was interesting. Remember the, the text line: Tell the truth. You're dancing around the truth. They're not dancing around the truth. They care. They're embarrassed. They have been doing, like, I, I don't like to pull this card, but the card of our experience and being around some of the people in that organization, when I say some of the people, including them, them ourselves, they have done things to try to improve this. They don't want what happened yesterday. They don't, they don't want... They they want uh, uh, the, the well, scene I to think, be cool. It's gonna be completely red. It's gonna be battle red. Yeah. is what they will want. They they're not. They don't want to hear the opposing coach say, "Boy, the difference of the game was our oppose our fans traveled down to Houston and were so loud that well, they the, were a different." The, the whole thing is just an embarrassment. I mean, like like it's not. It's look. I think people get mixed up with like. Cal making some poor decisions. Cal not, not necessarily caring. delivering a message the way that a lot of o- other owners may do it, and, and you know get that mixed up with not caring. Like you, you can. I'm all for holding their feet to the fire about the decisions they've made, about how they they. I mean, whatever the their inability to to navigate a process of any kind, head coach search, issuing a statement, firing somebody, hiring somebody is atrocious. It's unbelievable how bad they are at it consistently, right? But I'm going to tell you, at the, the the level of care is absolutely through the roof with this bunch. No question about it. So you, you, we can not like, and, and we can, uh, again, analyze and overanalyze the decisions that are made. That's great. It's fine. I'm here for it. But the level of care is not something that I think is is debatable. You, you, I look, I'm, I'm sitting there watching NFL Network today, and every game's got multiple highlights. You know what they showed in the Texans game? Yeah. One play. The gal made a comment, never kicked it to any of the analysts. One play, Jarrett McKinnon up the gut, touchdown, ripping his helmet off. In the game. The crowd going crazy, on to the next. Like, that's embarrassing. Yeah. It was the only game like that. I mean, it, it's like that, that – and I know that's a whole different thing than like the crowd being – but that's – That's all a part I mean, from a business perspective, you want to get as much free advertisement as you possibly can. And yesterday you played a great ball game and you got nothing because of the dysfunction and the situation that you're in. Even against but, the biggest star in the game. No right? question. They still don't care. <laughs> right. Yep. What you yep, got coming yep. up at four? Yeah, it's pretty simple, man. Davis Mills, a quarterback. We've been really, really, really hard on the Texans quarterback this year, rightfully so. Um, I, I think he flipped the switch yesterday, played his best ball game. I'll break that down. And I also, I fell victim to this show um, with that team up 45. I fell victim to this uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, and boy, how things have changed over the last couple of weeks. We got to keep it real with them damn Dallas Cowboys. They are who we thought they were. All of that coming up next.